0: Good morning and welcome to Monday Mornings with Margie. Hope you are all doing well. Um, I am uh, pleased to have with me today uh, the Chief Medical Officer for Achieve, um, who I have a lot of respect for, Dr. Brian Smith. And I'm going to let Dr. Smith introduce himself.
1: Great. Well, it's great to be here with you, Margie, and for your uh, hundreds of thousands of Podcasters, we're happy to happy to have all of you here, and um, yeah. So I've been involved with it with Achieve a TMS for since it started about four years ago. Um, my background is I'm a neurologist. I did my neurology training at uh, Dartmouth Medical Center, practiced neurology for a number of years, in, including local medical centers, and then got involved in sleep medicine. So I've run a sleep centers for about fourteen years. So I've been doing neurology sleep and now TMS, which really there's a lot of interaction between these areas because you're dealing, all of them, you're dealing with the brain, and clearly that's what we're doing when we're using this transcranial magnetic stimulation to stimulate the brain. I also had a background in in psychology before. I had a master's in psychology and worked inpatient and outpatient settings for about eight years and and taught at community colleges before going to medical school. So that's my background and how I came to it. um, I got a call by one of the fa- one of the founders of our practice, who thought it'd be great to have a neurologist involved. And you know, when I reviewed all the data on on this treatment, transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is the uh, basically FDA, one of the few FDA-approved non-invasive treatments for major depressive disorder and now obsessive-compulsive disorder, I was so impressed with the data. I mean, the fact that we have a refractory disorder. You know, as a neurologist, we deal with a lot of things we don't have treatments for. I mean, just look at things like Alzheimer's disease and even things like multiple sclerosis where there's treatments, but the response isn't always as good as we like. And so most of these disorders in neurology, um, uh, there's not really clear diagnoses. When I I was going to go into neurology, a lot of people would say to me, oh, diagnose and adios, because we're known as a really wonderful diagnostic specialty, but without treatments. So when you do have treatments, it's exciting and not just treatments, but with major depression, where you have about 30 to 40% of patients that do not respond to medications, and then the fact that we can take those patients and have a very robust treatment response is really exciting. So I got excited about it for several reasons. One, especially the fact that we can offer hope to people who are suffering depression from major depression. And I know all of us in here have times in our lives where we get depressed. But you know, it's the fact that these people have more severe depression that sometimes color their daily lives for years and years, and that we can potentially impact that and improve their quality of life. Because as a physician, I always feel my role is, what can I do to change this person's quality of life? Because I think that's what we're all looking for when we go for any kind of treatment, is you know, we clearly need some help. And if we can change people's quality of life from day to day, it's such a dramatic, wonderful thing to do. And the fact that we have this treatment that is very, very effective in doing it for people who have not responded to any other treatments is exciting. And then the other part is as a neurologist is the fact that we're looking at looking at the brain and what we can do to actually affect the brain and change patterns within the brain and networks within the, within the brain so that people can be, um, so that these previous levels of, of function that they had are changed by changing their brain chemistry essentially and their brain pathways that we can reactivate uh, pathways and such. So I question? really interesting. I, I No question. I'm going to just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you don't get a question, I'll just, yeah, we'll go through yeah. that. No, but I that's think- Because I'm excited about it. I'll just say one thing. The reason I do talk like this, besides the fact I've had seven cups of coffee earlier. No, the reason I talk about this is it's so exciting what we do
0: every day. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I just thought it would be helpful maybe to give a little bit of information, you know, we talk about treatment resistant depression. And for us, we've been using that word for the last, you know, four years. And so we're just really familiar with it. But I guess for people, you know, who might be listening or watching, if you want to kind of explain a little bit about what we mean, uh, you know, by treatment resistant depression, we're not talking about someone that might be in a grieving process, or may have you know some mild you know uh, mood issues or uh the blues, sort of speak um, so if you could speak a little bit about what treatment resistant depression is or means
1: sure, so you know like you said, every, we all go through periods of depression in our lives. You go through a loss, you go through a breakup of a relationship, you lose a job, and we have a natural grieving process that, and you should be depressed, and it's natural to go through it, and a lot of times we only seek treatment if it's prolonged. You know, so for people who are grieving a loss, we say, sure, that's natural, but if it starts going on for several years affecting your quality of life, then it, it gets more into that area of, of major depression. Um, So, when we we talk about treatment resistant depression, people who do have more severe depressions, what we call major depressive disorder, who have frequently daily long-term kind of depressions, they get treatment. Um, So, the treatments that we offer currently, of course, are psychotherapy, which is very important, um, and then, of course, medications, antidepressant medications. So, what will frequently happen is people will be pushed into these two directions of treatment and a lot of times sometimes it might start with psychotherapy and maybe that's not doing enough it's helpful but not enough and then medications are added or sometimes people will be treated immediately with medications so once people have been using those and have tried two or three medications and after months of treatment with adequate trials and adequate doses of the medication once they've tried these and we find that maybe they're helping a little bit but that depression is not significantly alleviated so it's still they're not able to maybe still function socially, they're not able to kind of maintain their job or going, or, you know, their jobs, their relationships are impaired by it and they continue to have these kind of issues, then that at point in time, we'd call that a treatment resistant depression where they've tried multiple treatments, multiple medication trials, and they do not seem to alleviate them enough that they can continue, that their life is not significantly impaired. Does that sound about right, Marcia?
0: That sounds, that's a great answer. Um, And I I guess, so if you were to explain this in sort of lay man or woman's terms, um, what is TMS or DTMS, which we're doing, what is that doing for this person who has treatment resistant depression, hasn't had a great response to therapy or had a great response to multiple medication trials What is TMS doing that's different um, or what do we think it's doing that's different uh, than those two forms of treatment?
1: So yeah, great question. So basically it depends on how we conceptualize depression and if you know, we can conceptualize, you know, by the symptoms people have, you know, where they lost interest in things they like to do, where they're not sleeping well, where they, you know, they they have changed in appetite, where they have, thoughts of suicide. And so that's one way to conceptualize it. And then we can have another way of conceptualizing as far as what's happening with the brain. And we know, for example, that people with major depression, if we look at their brains, and this has been done for years, that it doesn't, there's areas of the brain that are not as active. So especially the left frontal part of the brain. And we say it's kind of hypoactive. So when we look at studies that show, you know, activation of those parts of the brain, we see they're not as active. And we know that just like with you know, with varying types of physical symptoms people have, we know that there's um, parts of the brain that are, that, you know, produce depression. So if we know that these parts are not active, wouldn't it be nice if we could kind of activate them? Well, we can do that with therapy sometimes. So we can do it sometimes with medication by, when we give medication we're giving them these chemicals, these neurotransmitters, people hear a lot about serotonin, and norepinephrine and dopamine, and sometimes these levels are low, so we can increase those. Well, with TMS, we can also increase the neurotransmitters. Um, but instead of giving a medication where it goes throughout the whole body and it kind of bathes the whole brain in this chemical, we can actually stimulate just the specific areas that we know are not active. And when we do that, we do a few things. One is we release those neurotransmitters that are maybe not functioning at the level they should be. And we also interact, we also have an effect on this, these pathways or networks in the brain. So we're now looking at the brain differently and saying, you know, there's, just think about it it's like a circuit, like just like an electrical circuit in the brain that goes throughout different parts of the brain. And some of those parts of that circuit are not active. Um, so what we're able to do by stimulating with these magnetic impulses is that we can actually take this circuit that may have different parts that aren't active, or the whole circuit is hypoactive, and we can kind of stimulate it and reactivate it to a, what we consider a normal level. And when we do that, the interest, the really interesting thing that happens is a lot of times when we treat people over this, we treat people with 36 treatments over six or seven weeks, that after we stop the treatment, unlike medications, when you stop the treatment, then the depression returns. We've actually caused some very healthy kind of changes in that brain. We've reactivated that circuit. So uh, they may continue to be improved for three months to a year or sometimes even longer. Um, and then, of course, we have them follow up with, you know, medications and with therapy uh, to make sure that we're doing a really kind of holistic approach to patients and making sure that we're doing all these components that are going to be helpful for them.
0: Um, And if you could give people just um, uh, a sense of what is the difference um, in, you know, how people respond to TMS. Um, You know, I think that part of the reason why we feel at at Achieve, like we're providing hope for people, is because many of the people who come to us have tried therapy, many of them for many years, different kinds of therapies, have tried multiple medications, have had side effects or they haven't worked. And so they start to feel more hopeless Mm -hmm. and helpless. Um, And so, we feel like, you know, we're providing another option, like a, a, a solid option. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, I want I guess I want people to understand what about TMS uh, is a good option. Like why should someone who feels like I've tried all these things sure. be worth, why would it be worth for them giving them an opportunity or a chance at TMS?
1: Well, yeah. So great question. So number one is a science. We've, we've been studying. So TMS has been studied for depression since the, since 1996, the studies first started coming out. So we have 24 years of studies that show that it's a very effective treatment. So patients who, come, you know, we look at it and if I wanted to even do conservative numbers, we say, okay, now when we look at all the studies with TMS, the thing that's really impressive is we don't have a, the studies that say, here's someone who's a newly depressed person who hasn't tried anything. Um, we only have done our studies on people who have refractory, those, that treatment-resistant re, treatment depression. So we look at, we've only studied people that, you know, have failed multiple medications in therapy. So usually what happens, if you take patients like that, you know, from any type of medical standpoint, almost any disease state, when people have not responded at all to traditional treatments, the likelihood of adding a new treatment and getting any response whatsoever is very, very unlikely. If you look at the numbers for TMS... And conservatively, we, I always give a kind of 60-40 kind of thing. So out of the people that have failed all medications, about 60%, if not more, will have, be responders. And by responders, we mean if we look at people when we give them depression scales, there'll be a 50% decrease in their depression symptoms. That's, that's really impressive, 60% of people. And out of that, about 40% will go into remission. By remission, we mean about 80 to 90% decrease in depression scales so we have this really dramatic response to people who have failed all treatments and the um and and so that's those numbers are really impressive and the other part about this there's almost no side effects to tms Mm. so people come in they feel these little this tapping on the side of their head and they get all these pulses these magnetic pulses that stimulate those areas of the brain i talked about and except for usually a little neck pain and a little headache sometimes almost no side effects. There's one rare side effect, which is seizures. That is very rare. And if it does occur, it only occurs during the treatment. It doesn't cause any ongoing seizures, but that's a rare side effect. So you basically have a very effective treatment with almost no side effects, not like medications where you have all these potential side effects that occur that go, that are ongoing. Once you have your treatment, you know, you know you feel you might have that neck pain or a little discomfort during the treatment, but there's no ongoing side effects from this treatment that, that have been seen in over 24 years of studies. So very effective, very safe treatment.
0: So I guess I'm thinking about if you know we um, one of our, our really important parts of what we do is um, and I ho- I was hoping you could speak to this is the results you were talking about generally are seen, Um, when people are continuing in outpatient treatment at the same time Um, and that we um, and actually that studies are showing or have showed that uh, it works best if all three are happening. People are are continuing with their psychiatrists and often people stay on their medications um, and often in therapy and then with the TMS. Um, Did you want to just speak a little bit to that? Sure.
1: I think, you know, it's similar to anything like, for example, someone who has major depression, they go to their primary care doctor and they get a medication. That's nice, right? And maybe some people respond, but wouldn't it be much better if this person was in psychotherapy with a psychiatrist who knows the medication and they're having, it's a coordinated effort. They're being monitored. And now when we look at TMS, we do the same thing. We don't view it as we want people just shipped in for, for TMS and they don't have any other treatment you know it's it's you know if we look at a lot of treatments today like you know we look and say yeah the more that you have this kind of holistic treatment approach the bet the more effective it is so certainly we want people who um who come for tms to be monitored for and you know for medication you know a lot of people say well if i get treated can i come off my medications during the treatment for tms we don't recommend any change i mean and someone says well why do i have to be on medications well it might be, for example, that someone is on an antidepressant medication, and since they've been on that medication, they no longer feel suicidal, like killing themselves every day, but they still have a hard time getting out of bed and going to work. So we, that might be a nice baseline for them. So we want them to continue their medication. We want, we're hoping the TMS will have an added effect to that. And then certainly with therapy is always an important component. Um, to help people and, and one of the interesting things that's happened is one of the reasons sometimes people need therapy while they're going through tms is they improve so we've had people who improve and they say you know I, all i know myself my identity is a depressed person for the past 15 years now i'm not a depressed person anymore now i have this totally different view of myself I'm, there's expectations that i'm going to go out and back in the world that i'm changing and you really have to work with people on this on the change that they're going through and adapting to themselves as, you know, as a less depressed person, how they go about their lives.
0: And I think the cool thing uh, for you and I is that because we've been involved with this at Achieve right from the beginning, um, we've seen, had the opportunity to witness sort of firsthand um, the improvements that many people have had that have come and, and received this treatment. Mm -hmm. So we're like we're believers. We're we're in, you know.
1: You know, it's always interesting. Yeah, it's always interesting. Like we've had, for example, you know, it's always amazes me that you know this has been around now since you know for twelve, you know, for twelve years, yeah, twelve years of FDA approval. So we've been watching this treatment available, and yet there's still a lot of people, even psychiatrists sometimes, that are not aware of this treatment or don't fully grasp it. So one of the interesting things I know we've had it happen a few times is we'll have a patient, you know, go to their psychiatrist and they want to get, they've heard about TMS, they want the treatment. the psychiatrist kind of poo-poos it, doesn't want to get treatment. And I know we have one uh, psychiatrist who, who two, I think two of his patients came for treatment anyways. And then when they went back to him, he was shocked at how well they had done, and now then he became a big referrer for TMS. So unfortunately, some people, you know, it, you know when the new treatment comes out, people are always skeptical. You know I just <laughs> heard really, you know, on the COVID, vaccine you've got like 30 percent of people that said that they wouldn't use it if it came out you know so people are always very cautious about new treatments and mm-hmm. understanding it and then, you know unfortunately sometimes you like you said you and i have seen it and we've experienced it and the literature is there there's such great support i think one of the great one of the major indications for the support is the fact that all the insurers pay for it mm-hmm. insurers don't like paying for treatments they you know so when you have insurers say yes we will pay for this treatment they've reviewed the data and they know that it really does work. So, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's always an interesting thing. There was a, you know, study that came out in one of the large medical journals about 15 years ago. And they showed that the time when a new medical treatment comes out to the point where it becomes accepted, is about 14 years. So, you know, there's, this, we're slow to take new treatments and adapt them and bring them into the fold. But, um, I think we're seeing more and more of that occur with TMS as people understand it, as more treatments are available. And as people get out there and and talk about their experiences, um, some people like to hear it from people who have been through it, not just from from the medical community.
0: Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Well, I wanted to thank you for your time and sharing your expertise and uh, your wisdom with us. Um, I appreciate you being here today. And um, I want to thank all our listeners or viewers for being with us today. Um,
1: From all over the world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you have a good week this week and be well.
1: Thank you.